And we're on. Good Hi, deal, Tyler. guys. It's been a few weeks, uh, but we finally have found time to do it again. So we're going to get back at it and try to do it weekly. I, I finally stopped playing My Chemical Romance on an infinite loop for the past three weeks. Um, I'm not emo now. I'm back. I'm back yeah. in the saddle, guys. Somebody asked me on my, my question thing. They said, when are you going to do another episode of the podcast? And I said, when Kyle stops being emo. <laughs> that was completely serious. He's back, though. I'm back, baby. I, I drank some wine last night. He took a shower for the first time in four weeks. It's crazy. <laughs> I shower. I put. Uh, I didn't put him. I don't wear makeup, but if I wore makeup, I would have put some on last night. Uh, it's okay. But we're back, and we're gonna keep this going now. Uh, we got some good topics today. Yeah, we've we've been we've been letting these kind of kind of simmer for a few weeks, so we got a lot to say. Got a lot to say, guys. Lots been going on since we left. Has it? I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the season, man. Like I feel like this time of the year is where fitness is kind of forgotten about. Yeah. You know, no, you're right. You you got you've got, you know, we just had Halloween yesterday. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up, then Christmas, and then New Year's. So it's like kind of like back to back to back. I don't know about you, but like these kind of months when I grew up, it was always like all sorts of events almost every week, you know, it'd be like, oh, well, you know, we got to go see Aunt this and we got to go this. And, and then these people are throwing a party and and it's real easy to be like, all right, well, fuck it. <laughs> right. No, it is. It is. Yeah. And if you're not, we're going to get into that later, but like, and if you're not disciplined enough, like this is when for me as a competitor, I'm like, okay, I can get the jump on some guys because there, if there are some guys I'm going to be facing next year and they're kind of slacking during this time, I can get the jump on them. Yeah. That's like a, as a coach, man, you know, I've, I've been coaching full time for about five years now. So I've kind of got a, a kind of rhythm of how things work as far as people and with business and stuff like that. So I've realized if there's always like a big drop off in the like beginning or middle of October, yeah. like, Every year, yeah, you know, I just kind of expect at this point, you know, people are like, okay, well, uh, you know, I've got, I've got Halloween coming up and I just don't know if I want to diet at this time. And, you know, the, I'll, I'll have like 10 people fall off, yeah. but then I'll gain, you know, another 15. And those people are normally the most serious people I have. Like if somebody starts in October or November, I'm only like, oh, this person really wants to do this shit yeah um and they, they want to get results and they know that thanksgiving's coming up but they don't give a shit like <laughs> you know no, so exactly yeah you can and you can do like like turkey turkey's not horrible turkey's great it's fine like what's, sweet potatoes yeah you know it's all healthy foods so i always tell people you know with my clients i give them off on thanksgiving yeah, like even Christmas, I'm like, that's a free day, you know. Go enjoy time with your family. That's not going to hurt you. Uh, if that hurts you, like you, you got this all wrong. Like you got the it all backwards. You can still be a human with this stuff, and I think a lot of people need to realize that. Like, uh, just because it's Thanksgiving, you know, doesn't mean like you need to not. And you got fitness goals, doesn't mean like, oh well, I can't go see my family. I can't eat any food, and you can still, you know control portions and you know eat some pumpkin pie and eat two or three plates of thanksgiving dinner and be all right yeah it's a 
it's a mental thing, and I'm I'm guilty of it. Like we Tyler and I went to the same little Halloween party last night. Um, and I'm very like since I started being serious about this two years ago, like and we joke all the time, like I'm a shut in. Like it's very difficult for me to just relax and just even when you know I'm seven eight months away from competing. Um, but even so, it's hard for me to just let loose and be like, okay, I can have this bottle of wine. I can eat these ribs and cookies. You know, that's tough for me to do. But like for your sanity, you have to do it. If you don't do that, you're going to just, it's not good, guys. Trust me. <laughs> uh, like, that's what I preach, man. I tell people like my, myself, I, I'm more of like a 90-10, like so I'll do 90% pretty much year round. 10% is kind of like. Uh, if I got to go out to go dinner, I'll, I'll still order like a steak and sweet potato. But I mean, I don't feel bad for going out to dinner, like things yeah. like that. But I'll tell some people, I'm like, you know, 80, 20 is sometimes good for like a general nutrition. If you're just trying to, you know, get results. Yeah. Uh, 80, 20 is only good. You think about that and, you know, you say you're eating 42 meals a week. Let's, let's say that's an example. And, you know, you only, you can have like four meals off plan and still be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people don't get that. It's like, you don't have to be 110% unless you are like in competition prep. And that's where I think like, you know, there, there's no, no excuses. You've got to be 110% there. No, I agree. And I think, especially in our sport, like the rhetoric gets really crazy, like with marketing and stuff, like you've got to be 180%, 200% of the time. And it's just like, it's, that's cool. It's cool to talk about, but like, no one is like that. No one is. No, he doesn't like that. No, you see like Juan Morel doing the 20,000 calorie challenge in the office. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched that video, but it's like he literally is eating like two tubs of Oreo ice cream and throwing an entire box of Oreos in there. And it's just like, you know, he still gets on stage pretty shredded. <laughs> when it comes down to I mean, when you have like, well, how much, how many pounds of muscle does that man have? You think 200 and. Probably 220 pounds of muscle, 230 pounds. He's pretty genetically gifted. Man. Yeah, so much muscle. Can you imagine all the, the fucking calories that muscle chews through? My God. Yeah. All right. So we're going we're gonna to go. We're going to get started. And we've, again, we've got some good topics this week. I want to start out with this one because you kind of got into how, you know, some people fall off this time of year. You gain some clients. But we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what makes a good coach versus a bad coach or a dun, 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 fake coach. Yeah. There's a I lot of that is not a fake coach. This guy's a certified real unit of a coach. So I'm going to ask you, you're the coach here. You're the, you're the guy. Help me out. What are we looking for? Give me five main things we're looking for when we're hiring a coach. All right. So the first thing I always tell people to look for, and this is just super important, look at their clients like that. That should be obvious. Uh, but I guess for some it's not like if the only person they are advertising is themselves, they probably don't have any clients. Uh, and, you know, that, that's not saying like you can't start off with that. You know, it might be your way of getting clients, but especially for competition prep, like look who they put on stage, look at their placings and don't be afraid to even message their clients. Like I have people message people I coach all the time. And they're like, what do you think of Tyler? And they're going to, they're going to straight up tell you like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And that's, that's a good, that's, you have a, if you're looking at a coach, you have 
that clientele, check out their Instagram. Everybody's hashtagging everything, and that's totally a good thing to do because if he's a good he or she's a good coach, the client's going to say, yeah, great coach. I 100% recommend you get on board. Uh, another thing, credentials. Uh, I think a lot of people forget about that these days, and some people even lie about them. I've been very surprised by that. Uh, so, like, I have a Bachelor's of Science in Exercise Science. Uh, I've had AFPA nutrition, like I've had uh, certifications and training, which I've not renewed because you don't really have to, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, Laura's got a master's in exercise science. And then you, you have people coming up, though, and they don't even have like a, a training, personal training certif certification. They've never went to school and they're kind of just like randomly deciding to do it. Yeah. Which, which I get, like, you know, I'm not going to diss anybody. Like, you know, Kyle, you may have a kid come up to you at the gym, and he's like, I like the way you look, Kyle. Can you help me out? That's cool, you know. He, he, but don't be sitting there advertising like, hey, uh, I'm I'm charging money for this, and I'm a coach because I can be. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and I get – see, I get younger guys mainly will always ask me, like, oh, do you coach anybody? And I'm like, you know, I'm not. I'm not a coach. Like, I can do the lifestyle thing. But I have never prepped anyone for a contest. I don't have their credentials to be a coach. You know, I've got a weekend certification. That's all I have. So, like, I'm not going to take someone's health into my hands because I wouldn't put my – if I'm being objective, I wouldn't go to me to be a coach because I don't have the credentials or the experience. So, you know, again, like you're saying, when it's like just a, a little bit of, like, help for a younger guy, yeah, that's cool. You can come to me. But if you're looking for full-blown preps – you have to find a legitimate coach with credentials and education and a clientele base. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just kind of many go the cheap route. I've realized, and I'm okay with that. Like I've had so many people come to me throughout the years and they're like, how much you charge? And then, you know, they find out I'm more expensive than this other person. They'll go to that other person first, not get any results. And then they'll come back, you know, six months later and ask again, how much do you charge? Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's, yeah, and you know, I and I, I guess I lied. I actually do finally have one kid, and I'll shout him out, Connor, Connor, Connor Wallen. What's up? So this kid's eighteen. He's a great, great kid. He came to me. He's into classic physique. Um, and yeah. we put on about sixteen pounds on this kid in the last. Uh, what have I had him for about two and a half months? Um, but like for me to feel good, I don't charge him much at all. And I he knew, you know, hey, I've never put anybody on stage. Um, so. That's very important. He's trusting me. I'm learning as we're going along, and it's kind of he's kind of like my guinea pig. But that's the thing you you were very open with him, though. You know, yeah. you didn't you didn't lie about your placings. You didn't say like, "Hey, I put this many people on stage and they won." Yeah. You didn't. You you probably mentioned him like, "Hey, I didn't." You know, I don't have a master's degree. I don't. You know, I'm not this. You know, right. you weren't you weren't saying. What what I've seen a lot of people do lately is like though, the, what's the, the one guy made it himself his name of how many times he's won a championship, which is a huge no. Like few things you don't do is claim to be you're going to be a pro, pretend to be a pro, or lie about how many times you've won. Uh, it's kind of strange, you know. It's very weird, but people that are new into the sport, you know, they don't they don't know anything. Like, do you remember back in the day when you first started and you, you kind of realized like, okay, well, if you place top five, you're nationally qualified. Remember yeah. back when the rules? Absolutely. 
of people that would post and it would be like seven time nationally qualified. Right. But then you'd go look at their like NPC news online contest history and it would be like five times of those they placed fifth place out of five people. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then that, but they're posted on there and to somebody that doesn't know anything that looks like, Oh wow. They're really good. Yeah. But to people in the sport that are educated, it's like, wow, what a clown. What a clown. That's the thing. I, I knew pretty quickly that was the clown way to do things because initially I finally I saw guy I saw a guy and it was like 13 times nationally qualified. And I'm like, and you you're still not a pro? Like That's my thoughts, do something man. about it, you know? Go do it, go do some national shows. Go go take the next step if you're so good. Yeah, if you're going to be 13 times nationally qualified doing regional shows, like, and you've not done a national show, like, there, there's something wrong with that. So, watch with people when you're trying to find a coach. Like, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm always honest with people. I'm not the best bodybuilder, but I know how to make people that are better than me really, really damn good. Right. Like, I can make somebody pro. I can coach them at a show to a national level, you know, and I know they're going to get on stage and they're going to do well as long as they listen to me. Like I'm very confident in that, but you have people that like have never had a client before and they try to take them to go on stage and then they get them and they don't even know what to do with them. So that person ends up like with severe hormonal damage, told to do all sorts of supplements they didn't need to do. Uh, telling people to cut water or cut sodium completely out, like just crazy stuff that you and me know. It's just like, okay, well, that's blasphemous. Like, right. Look, the thing, <laughs> when you go to a coach, when you go to a discount coach, at some point, A, you're going to ruin your body. And if you're, you know, doing PEDs, you're going to ruin your internal systems. And at some point, you're going to have to pay the actual money for a legitimate coach. So just, Skip that step where you fuck your health up and fuck your confidence up and get a legitimate coach right off the jump. And yeah. and I know it can be expensive. It can. But that's when you start getting into like, OK, can I afford to compete at a high level? Like you need you, especially if you've never done it. If you've never competed before, you need a coach. You just do. It's the safest way to do things. It's the quickest way to get an optimal result. Um, I've. I didn't have a coach when I started competing and it was like I was walking through a forest at night that was foggy and I had a blindfold. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. That's, that's like, I always mention this and it's people ask me like, why would you hire a coach? And the easiest thing is to eliminate the guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like we've discussed this before me and you at some point, it's just like you eliminate the guessing yep. uh, because a lot of the work is like you second guessing yourself. Like, am I eating enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right training? Uh, am I cutting fast enough? Am I conditioned enough? Like, and you're eliminating the guessing. Like for, for example, you know, Austin Brown coached himself. I'm pretty sure his first like few shows. Mm -hmm. And when he finally got with me, he was like, man, this is so much easier. He was like, I just do the work and I look the best I've looked and I've had the least amount of stress. And I'm like, exactly. You know, like I always tell people, don't worry unless I'm worried. And I'm never worried, like ever. So, yeah, you're, that's like, cool right there. That's just a smooth operator. 
I'm calmest person when it comes to like situations like that. And I'm very honest too. But when it comes to people looking for someone, they're like, in your, your first question is how much do you charge? That, that to me tells me that somebody's not going to be serious, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cause I don't think they think of like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to stop eating fast food and going to the bars every weekend. And I'm going to be eating a structured diet and they, they don't think about that. And they're more thinking of like, how can I do this the cheapest way? Right. And honestly, and this is just being a hundred percent. If somebody's charging like less than 150 for coaching, even sometimes less than 200, I'm almost like, do they really know what they're doing or do they value the quality of their work uh, yeah. or the value of their time? Like a, Fuad Abiyad, I don't know if you saw, but he he posted his coaching prices. He's going to take on a few clients. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, he put $600 for eight weeks, yeah. which honestly, I was like, well, that's pretty damn fair for Fuad Abiyad, you know? Yeah. yeah. He probably doesn't take on too many people. That isn't his main job. He just wanted to help some people out. And somebody commented on there, on his post, and was like, my coach only charges $99 a month. <laughs> $99, huh? <laughs> and I mean, People ripped this dude to shreds. They're like, well, your coach must suck. Like, he must not value his quality. Like, he must be shit. Like, yeah. I mean, and that, that's true. I agree with that. You know, it's got to be uh, – got to get somebody that actually values their time and their quality. Uh, that's like, you know, you go to an L.A. Fitness or a Planet Fitness. You know how Planet Fitness does their personal training for free. I wonder why. Exactly. I wonder why, because you're not really going to get much from it. No. They're not, the client doesn't take themselves to be serious. So why would the the, the trainer? No. no. So, yeah. This, is a, this Actually, I'm going to interject here with a funny story because I used to do some in-person personal training. God, this is like back in like 2012, 2013 during college, right? So I had this kid, right? This kid was like an eighth grader. Great kid, super intelligent kid. He would, I was actually in a prep and I was also in college at the time. So like this kid's parents would drop him off at the gym at like 530 a.m. Um, and this kid did not want to be there. Like he, he was being forced to go and, and lift for 30 minutes a day with me. I knew that. I felt bad for him. So after about two weeks, this kid gets there and he looks like total hell. Looks like he hadn't slept all night. And he looks at me and he goes, I don't want to lift today. And I was like, bro, you just want to take a nap for 30 minutes over there on that couch. He's like, yeah, don't tell my parents. I'm like, all right, you're fine, bro. <laughs> so don't, if, if you have a child, make sure that the, the trainer is not allowing your child to sleep on a couch for 30 minutes. Okay. I, mean, that's, I get it though. Dude, that's hilarious. Like uh, I trained a 13 year old for about two years and he clearly his mom wanted him to come to increase like improve his posture because he played video games all the time super nice kid like dude he was awesome like i had him for two years but i mean every time he came you could tell he was like didn't really want to be there that much yeah and all he did was play Fortnite. (laughs) so i had to like i don't play Fortnite, so i had to research Fortnite so i could talk to him that's dedication He, he wouldn't talk about anything else to me i'd be like What's your favorite food, man? He'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, have you ever built a wall on Fortnite? I don't play Fortnite. I can't talk here. I'm not fluent here. I'm like, do you like music? He's like, oh, not really. <laughs> I, I like the sound of the guns going off on Fortnite. But, you know, you could tell he didn't want to be there. But this is back in the day. And I think I was charging like 30 bucks per, per training session per yeah. hour. Yeah. 
which, you know, that, that's, that was worth it to that mom to get him better posture. And, but I was like, man, this is really exhausting. And then whenever, you know, I started only taking on serious people and increased my price for training, I got more serious people that actually wanted to do something, Uh you know? And like, they, they were like, okay, well, I really want to be pushed hard and that's worth it to me. And majority of the people I train now, like I only have like a few uh, one-on-one clients and majority of the other ones are like people that come that are uh, online training and they'll come from out of town, but I'll charge them like a rate for a session, but they want to be pushed hard as hell. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, I'm going to pay whatever to be pushed as hard as I possibly can for an hour. And I'm like, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. The bed, they they come to the bed, the Mecca of Kentucky bodybuilding at the Benson household. Gosh. Yeah. That's, you that's enjoy, I, do you enjoy doing the in, it's been so long since I've done in-person training but like do you still enjoy that like to this day two okay so I'm gonna be straight up with you. not really um other than I've got two guys I train consistently and I love both of them they're great super easy guys to train with and uh but I whenever so I had like nine or ten clients one-on-one and as they moved away or quit I just didn't refill <laughs> the spots yeah yeah it got to be so much time, man. And like, uh, some people are really cool to train, but some just want to talk. Yeah. You know, they just want to be like, they don't really want to be pushed. They it's just like want to paying you to be their buddy. You know, that's what I always felt like when I did it back in the day It's weird. It's like, I'm a, I'm a, a therapist, but it's in a different setting. Yeah. Like it's in an iron setting, <laughs> like iron therapy. That's why you tell me like how much you hate your wife. Like, right, yeah, <laughs> you're just like, that's cool. Give me another, uh, let's, let's hop on the pec deck over here. Let's learn to hug your wife better, bro. Jeez, bro. <laughs> oh man. But the, the thing is, it's like, we're back to the main topic is with coaching. Uh, I feel like a lot of people r- randomly throughout the years have kind of came out of nowhere and they try to make it a full-time job and you can't do that. No, yeah. It's just not not feasible. Like, you know, and, and the biggest thing is don't go talking shit about other coaches if you ever plan on making it in this industry. Like, we are all pretty cool with each other, even if we hate each other. Right. Like, you know, you could you could have an arch rival on stage, but you're still going to respect the hell out of them. Right. And what I tell people is, like, whenever I first started coaching, getting really well known, like – uh my main competition, I guess I would say around here was Alan Cress. Mm. And Alan had been around 20 years longer than me. Like his first time competing was before I was born. Yeah. Alan's been around like pre-internet. I think he's exactly like he was, he was personal training and he was like online coaching. Like as soon as it was a thing. Yeah. So dude knows his shit. And he's of course been around longer than I have. Like, like I say, he's competing before I was born. Right. But you know, instead of, he realized I was coming up and instead of like bashing me or making me feel like, oh, I'm like inferior to him, or, like trying to steal my clients, he contacted me and was like, hey, man, you want to train together sometime? Yeah. That's and, so- you know, we became good friends. And he was like, oh, well, this coach is coming up too. Like, this is a cool dude. I'm like, sweet, man. I really appreciate that. You really kind of made me better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a piece. It's a very large pie. There are enough pieces for, if you're a good coach, there's enough pieces for you. Yeah. And I always tell people, man, there's so many clients to go around. Like, 
so many people need coaching and guidance. And if you're if you're trying to slander somebody's name to to get clients, then you're probably struggling pretty bad. You're struggling bad, and you're gonna get the business collectively from the entire community in your region. Period. Yeah. So it, don't, don't come. Don't come after well-known coaches and shit on them and expect anyone to come to your aid because they're going to come to the guy you're shitting on his aid and you're going to have a, probably a real bad time. Yeah. The, the bodybuilding industry, the fitness industry in general, and I, I'm, I made a post about this, in like our region is very tight-knit. Like We're all pretty cool people, man. Like We all kind of respect each other. Uh, there's a lot of good coaches that put people on stage. Uh, and that, that's just the fact of the matter. Like there, there's There's tons of good options. So you can't really come in here and try to compete with that. It's something that's already competitive. And I think Kevin Johnson was one of the ones that made a post about it. He was like, you got all these people that just kind of come out of nowhere and think they can make it in this field. And you just, you can't do that. Like you have to prove yourself. Yeah. And you can either do that the right way or you can do it the wrong way. And unfortunately a lot of people choose the wrong way. Yeah. And then, what happens to those people when they choose the wrong way? They they're not coaching anymore. <laughs> usually, no, they fade out. Do you know how many people I've seen fade out over the past years? Like, and I, mean, I don't even know what they're doing now. They're working at factory jobs or working at McDonald's. Like, yeah. you remember that one coach back in the day? It was like Team Platinum. I yes, I've not heard that in a while, but yes, that's like guy point at your dick whenever he's taking a picture with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you remember what I'm talking about? Do you look like, like early early IG days? Yeah. Yeah, but I remember he got in trouble for something he did. I forget what he did, but uh, he was coaching at one point, I think, like hundreds of people. And then people kind of realized he was kind of a fraud. And I think somebody told me he's working at McDonald's now. He's like a manager. He cashed out and, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Like, we talk about bad coaches. That's another thing, like fraudulent coaches. That's, like, dangerous. Like – and that's why you have to do the legwork. Like, don't just believe somebody when they say, oh, this is my credential. This is also my credential. These are my clients. Like, if they're not well-known, you need to do the legwork because they could be lying about anything. No, it's crazy. Like, I've never seen – I never thought that would be a thing. And, then, like, uh, I've seen people do that, though, man. They'll lie about having degrees. They'll lie about certifications. They'll lie about the their wins. They'll lie about – who coaches them. Like they'll, they'll pretend they're not coached by somebody and they're being coached by somebody else. Yeah. Like not giving credit to their own coaches. Like that's like, you know, you're coached by Bartley Weaver, right? Right. That's like you winning an entire show and becoming pro and being like, I did this all myself and this is all me and fuck you, Bartley. Exactly. But, you know, And you know, how's that coach going to feel? Be like, what the hell? Like, I thought I helped you. Like, it's just like for our industry, like you said, it's such a tight knit, small niche industry, um, such a small community. And this is this goes with everything, with the coaching, talking about your accomplishments as a bodybuilder. You got to have integrity. Like if you don't have integrity in this industry, you're going to smell bad per se. Like it's going to people are going to be able to tell. And whether you're a great bodybuilder or a decent bodybuilder, like I'm cool with anyone who bodybuilds and tries and has integrity and works hard. Um, I would rather see a guy with integrity than I would a 
you know, just a normal bodybuilder, normal amateur bodybuilder with integrity than I would a top IFBB pro who has zero integrity whatsoever. Um, yeah. And I mean, I know that we're kind of in an age where it's easy to talk shit behind people's back because, you know, we're all connected on social media. We've got a platform. Um, but if any of you guys out here are listening and you're like, hey, I'm going to get on IG and talk shit about somebody tonight. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. You're going to feel no. like an ass and you're going to get called out for it. So let's just. It'll always, cool. Yeah, it'll always go back to that person, man. Like I get sent shit to me all the time about other people or like. I've been sent stuff people said about me and I'm just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> and you know, being, being very connected with everyone, I hear everything that happens and everything that goes on. And I, I often choose to just keep my mouth shut because I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you know, sometimes when it, when you, when you keep messing around with shit, like you're going to get called out, especially like, I mean, there, there's, there's some people that are more savage than I am. And we know, we know some of them. Oh but, yeah. And we but, love, I, I love them. If you can be a savage in that cool way and like you have like the clout to do, the legitimate clout to do so. Hey, be a savage. Just, I mean, just you can't say shit to some people, bro. Cause it's like, no. Oh, they're, they're, you know, it's a lot of the times it's true. And you're like, well, fuck <laughs> the funniest thing. I, and this is going like outside of our region, obviously, but you know how Ian, Ian always taught like, C bums coach, Ian, Ian Valier. He, he got into a Logan Franklin last week on a post. And like, if you're Ian, you can do that. Cause you're a fucking top 10 bodybuilder in the world. That's, that's fine. That's cool to do. Um, our listeners, there isn't an Ian Valier out there. Unless Ian, unless you listen to our podcast. Thanks bro. You can come on someday, but <laughs> just know, know your role, know who you are, be real about it. Don't be delusional. Delusional is the key word there, man. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen people claim pro status before they're pro. Uh, that's, that's just something like uh, don't do. At all, it's it's just disrespectful to actual the pros. Future uh, IFBB pro, no, stop. Don't ever put that stuff in your bio. Don't don't ever say like, I've seen people put road to Olympia and they're not even pro yet. Uh, Never even gonna show. I'm gonna be in the Olympia two years from now. Do you no. know how hard that is? You you gotta really be realistic with this stuff. This it, it's hard, man. Like uh. And it gets even harder, which goes in our next topic too, which it gets even harder when like, because you realize like some of these people have been doing this for years and yeah. years and years. Yeah. Like um, it goes into the master's classes. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, there's even some local pros that haven't become pro until they are 35. Right. But in a, this was actually a question sent in and a, a guy asked me, he's like, what about us older guys who, you know, we're, we're not in shape and uh, we, we're never going to be able to get on stage and uh, what should we do? And I'm like, there's no age too old to get on stage. No. And that's, and we will look at what a great segue, Tyler. That was fantastic. So proud of you there. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the host, but Tyler's just, just wheeling and dealing. So, yeah, that's the next question is, and I get it a lot, too, because I'm a little older. Maybe that's why I get it. I don't know. But um, it's it's kind of about age and bodybuilding. Like, what, you know, can I step, like you already said, like, okay, I'm in my mid-30s, my late 30s. 
I kind of have an athletic base. Like, do I have a chance to be a good bodybuilder? And I even get it from like, and I, I know you get this all the time. I'll get like kids who think they're old, who are like 23 or 24. Like, oh, am I too old to be a bodybuilder? And I'm like, bro, no, you are, you are fine. So yeah, let's just, we're going to talk about age and bodybuilding. And for me, it's funny because in every other sport, like you're watching football and there's a running back and it's like, Oh, he's 33 years old. He's basically a corpse out there. Um, whereas with bodybuilding, like for men, we come into our own in our mid thirties, our late thirties. And if you're looking at, you know, Breon Ainsley, he's people wonder about his age, but he's like 40. He's almost 40. Um, and I'll let you talk about this, but I'll put it simply for everyone. Great gnarly muscle takes time. That's time under tension, heavy weight, all the food. You have to get your body acclimated to carrying around a lot of good muscle and you have to be consistent with it. So if you start at 18, you're probably going to peak a little quicker. You're going to have more time to do well. Um, if you start at 32, I started at 31, seriously. I had a base, but I started seriously at 31. Um, you know, I'm coming into my own here, entering my mid-30s. Um, and I think I can be a pro in my mid-30s and be a competitive pro in my late 30s. Um, so, what do you, I mean, what do you tell people? What do you think? Well, here, here's what my thoughts are. I'm going to kind of go into this because i got a lot of thoughts about this. The First off, the older you get, the better you get. Mm -hmm. with men and some some women too honestly um with men for example dexter jackson the ageless wonder bro he's like 50 and he's you know my dad's age in any pro show he shows up at he's labeled as a possible winner mm -hmm. he's going to be top three no matter what pretty much any pro show he goes to yep. and then arnold and olympia probably there too yeah Anytime he shows up, he's 50. He might be older now. I think he's 52 now. He may yeah. be 53. He's old. <laughs> you mentioned Brayon Ainsley. He's 40 years old. He's won Olympia Classic Physique. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Kamal. Kamal won 212 Olympia last year. He was 44. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Sean Roden. Sean Roden, you know, didn't get back into serious bodybuilding until 32. And then he won the Olympia. At, I think he was 39. Um, but – so somebody asked me, um, I forget who I was talking to, but we were like, it was at Masters Nationals in Orlando. And somebody's like, man, I didn't expect these classes to be this stacked. And I was like, what do you mean you didn't expect it to be stacked? It's Masters Nationals, man. Like, keep this in mind. Like, think about this. It is everybody has to be over the age of 35. Everybody, this is their hobby. This is basically all their goal is in life. Yeah is they want to be a pro and they all have a job or money to do this. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much majority of people that are that age, they're either a, a trainer for a living. There's a lot of lawyers. There's some doctors that are doing this at that age. They, but they spend their money on bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, some people collect cars and they want to build their own car. These people are spending all of their money on their body right it's going to be competitive so like i had one guy become pro there uh arturo shout out arturo um but you know he arturo i believe is 36 
uh, might be wrong. Sorry, our chair, if I'm wrong, but uh, you know, he's been lifting for years and his, he's been, his goals have become a pro since he was back in uh, the military, mm. you know, and he's always talked about that. Like I'd love to be a pro one day. And, you know, it took him years of like, you know, he finally had to get to a point where he's like, I can focus on this. But when he could focus on it, that's all he did, man. He was so consistent with it. And he told me when we first started together, he's like, I want to be a pro next year. And I was like, fair enough. Just do I stay? And he did. But, you know, that's what he invested all of his time in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other guy I had there, uh, Jeremy Kinley, you know, he is a business owner. He owns a, t- the, a terror trail called Wicked Scare Grounds. So he's very established, has businesses, and he can focus on bodybuilding year round. Yeah. That's all he does for fun. Like that's, that's what he does. Yeah. So you, the older you get, first of all, you've got more muscle maturity, but also your, your ability to invest time and money into the sport becomes a lot more than say somebody who's 21 who doesn't have a job really. Right. You know, yeah. like uh, when I was in school, whenever I was at UK, I didn't really, I was working at a supplement shop and, you know, working like part time and, I didn't really have money to invest in everything it takes to do this, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. It's, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's expensive. And yeah, you, once you get your wings a little bit in life, it's a little easier to swallow those expenses. Um, a lot of guys, you know, obviously I don't, we, neither of us have children. Um, but that's another variable that goes into it. Like I, and I, this is, I love to see this. Um, I just think it's cool. But like, if I see a master's guy, who is just nails, just huge. And he's like, you know, late thirties, early forties. And he's like, never, never been married, never had a kid. Like this dude is just like the Terminator for bodybuilding. I love to see stories like that because I'm like, that dude just said, fuck everything. I want to be a bodybuilder. And that guy's going to kick your ass if you get next to him, I'm sure on stage. I like that. That's cool to me. (laughs) So that's cool. And I also, I I get very, very respect for, uh, the guys that are older that have like four or five kids or even yeah, how do they do that? How, how seriously that's like, that's like a Brandon bone when my, my master's guys, he has four kids, I believe, or three kids, I think, but you know, he'll be like playing basketball with them when he's like two weeks out. And like, like, how do you do that? Yeah. And then like Arturo has four or five, I believe. And you know, he was taking them all to soccer games and like, to get his cardio in, like they were playing their soccer game, and he'd walk around the track over and over again. That'd be his cardio. Wow. You know, and he you know, figured it out. Yeah, I don't even think about stuff like that when I'm in prep because I don't have kids. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Then, and then, you know, K- Kagan Robinson, uh, he had a newborn whenever he did Kentucky Open last year, one Mr. Kentucky. Wow. I remember going, going to his room, and I knock on the door, and he comes out with a baby in his hand. He's like, shh, man. She's trying to sleep. And I'm like, oh, my bad, bro. I was just looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's stuff like that. That's impressive to me. But as you get older, the, you you get more regimented, I feel like, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like you're able to kind of know what works for you. Yeah. From training so long. So, you know, how long have you been training, Kyle? I mean, I've been training for since I was 19, so 14 years. Exactly. I've been training seriously since I've been like 19. So when, how old am I? I don't even know how old I am. Like nine years, I guess I'd be training and actually knowing what I'm doing yeah. uh, to an extent. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh you know it takes years and years of this so imagine these people you know when by the time i'm 35 all been training seriously for 16 years that's mm -hmm. 16 years of accruing muscle tissue yeah yeah so that stuff that's where muscle maturity comes in you have a much denser look yep. uh the muscle just has like a a more of a fullness and dryness to it it's no we call it gnarly g-n-a-r-l-y truth but that's, that's the thing like you know i didn't you know i'd always talk like i didn't get serious about this until i was 31 uh but i had 12 years of lifting um was i perfectly regimented those 12 years no i wasn't but I, you know, I lifted heavy. I lifted hard consistently. Um, so when I said, okay, I'm 31, I want to do this. I had a base. I, you know, I wasn't starting from scratch. Um, and that is something that's obviously very helpful. But in most cases, what I find, you know, older guys, when they talk to me about this, they do have an athletic background. Um, you could be, you know, if you played high school sports, anything, any kind of strength-based athletic background is going to help you be a better bodybuilder, build more muscle, um, whether you're in your mid-20s or, or your 30s when you want to start this. So that is, if you have an athletic background, that's going to be a leg up, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Any, any type of sport or anything you've done uh, is going to give you some kind of advantage. Yeah. More than anything. But, you know, I've, I've got people that message me, and they're, you know, they're like, I'm 42 years old, and I'm too old to do this ever. And I'm like, I don't think you get it, man. Like, you there's no age doesn't matter. No, you know, you can, it's never too late to start. And overall it's an excuse. Like age is an excuse in my opinion. Like I agree. Uh, you, you like my dad for, I'll use my dad as an example. My dad is 61. And last year I sat him down. I was like, Hey man, you need to get in shape. Like you're, you're, you know, he was ex military and all that. And, used to be in great shape and he was like well i just don't know if i can get started again and do all that and you know then he lost 60 pounds and he's in great shape and you know he's right. again and it's like it do it doesn't matter your age you just have to Whoa, wait did you just say he has abs yes whoa jesus 61 yeah i mean he'll yeah he's got abs again and it's great that's amazing that's but, shout, out, shout out to mr benson and his abs <laughs> but you know he'll He'll work out every day and he'll go on a 45 minute walk every single morning. He eats all of his meals and you just have to apply yourself. It doesn't matter how old you are. I agree. I started get serious about it and do it and do it and stay consistent. And I, there's a little, and you guys know, I always talk about being old. I'm not that old, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 33. So I'm, I'm getting up there a little bit, but there's something I use as a, I'm a little older than most of the guys I compete against. Um, but I call it this, I'm getting philosophical now, but I call it times vice, right? So the older you get, the more pressure you feel to get the things done that you want to get done because you start to realize like, okay, my days are numbered. I'm not going to live forever. I'm not going to be this healthy and be this young forever. So for me, that helps me stay regimented and stay focused because I'm like, you know, I'm not 27, you know, I'm 33. If I want to do what I want to do in this sport, I have to be on point 24 seven. Um, and that's something I, you know, it's an edge I have. And for me, I, any edge I can get, I need it and I love it. So that's, if you are a little older and you're getting into this sport, think about that. Like 
if this is what you want to do, you want to be a really good bodybuilder, you know, you're not 25, you're 33 fucking batten down the hatches, hit every fucking checklist you have to hit every day and see what happens. Yeah. And you know, I know people have jobs. I know people have different careers where this gets harder. Uh, but overall it's still like, how bad do you want it? Uh, yeah. You, you can work around pretty much any schedule. You know, I've got, I've got clients that are truck drivers that are like, I don't have a microwave at all and I don't get to stop to do this. But, you know, I, some will make excuses and some will be like, well, I guess I got to eat three tuna packets and a six rice cakes and that's my meal. And I'm like, that's what works, you know? Yeah. And and that's, I don't that. Yeah. And that's another reason why you need a good coach. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it goes back to that, you know, and you got to figure out something for your lifestyle. And that that is where hiring a coach does help out. You know, like my, my job is to put myself in somebody else's shoes at any point. So, I mean, if you're a pharmacist or you're in pharmacy school or something, my job is to be like, OK, let me pretend what I would do if I was in pharmacy school. Right. <laughs> figure out something. This is what I would do if I was in that situation. But there's ways to work just around anything and you just have to want to do it. So if you're, you're 40 years old and you're trying to get into this sport, try, you know, do it. It's do fun. It. This sport is a fun lifestyle. Like, and you don't, not everybody who competes at the amateur level wants to be a pro. Um, there are some of us who do, but it's cool. If you want to compete just because you love the lifestyle, you love to bodybuild, and your intent is not to turn pro, there is plenty of room for you. Like, we we love you. We respect you. Get into it. Do it. Get the lifestyle down. Be consistent. Have integrity. Um, but uh, as Tyler said, just do it. Jump in. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's honestly – like. I don't know why you started competing, Kyle, but like I, I remember my main reason was like, okay, well, I'm going to lift at the gym every day and I'm eating all these healthy food to try to grow muscle. So I might as well see how I compare to other people that yeah, every single day. Like, I, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, I started doing it two years ago because I shockingly, I had a chip on my shoulder after a relationship. Uh, that, that could be it. <laughs> That could be a whole podcast. Um, but no, you know, when I, I started competing because I just, I love to, I love to lift. Like when I started doing the men's physique stuff, even back in 2014, like I was just kind of like, you know, I really love to lift. I didn't really enjoy the show parts back then, but I felt like I needed a platform to showcase what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, whereas now, like I love, I love shows now. I love to get on stage and pose because I'm a good poser now. And it's just like, I bring something I think really great to the table. And like, I want to show you guys what I've been working on. So. Yeah. And it's a cool thing to show a, like all the work you've put in and all the muscle that you've tried to build over the years and put it on display, even for just yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, like, a this is kind of funny story. Like back in the day when I first did my first competition, uh, I've got this picture, dude. And I just look like a, you know, kind of like an average dad bod kid. My, I remember my brother, you know, he would always work out when he was younger and was actually pretty athletic and pretty good at lifting, but he never could get abs. So he was just like, it's impossible. It's not in our genetics. We can't get abs. Oh yeah. So like I grew up thinking like, ah, oh, we just don't have abs. Like us <laughs> 
<laughs> us Bedsons don't have abs. <laughs> can't get them. So that was my thoughts, you know? Yeah. So when I did my first competition, I was like, well, fuck, I don't know. I don't know if I have any abs at all. <laughs> so when I finally cut down all the body fat and figured out like, oh, shit, I got, I got a pretty nice set of abs. Where are these <laughs> come from? And then I showed my brother. My brother's like, oh, fuck, now I can't use that excuse. You know? <laughs> but you you won't know what's under all the fat until you do it, man. Like, and it yeah. kind of could be like, oh, you know, because I, I remember looking at magazines and seeing like a, shred, a shredded dude. And I'll be like, man, I wish I could look like that. Like, and then you do it. Yeah. And it's, so cool. Cool. it's, yeah. it's awesome. You're like, oh, my God, like I can look like this. And anybody can do it, but they just have to work for it. And it's so cool. And like, I love like, and we've talked about, you know, I just mentioned this, like, you don't have to try to, you know, you don't have to want to be a pro to be a bodybuilder, but like whenever somebody just fucking peeled to the bone, I don't care if they weigh 130 pounds, it looks cool as shit. And you know, they suffered and they did the work. So you respect them. I guarantee you if Phil Heath sees a guy who's a bantamweight, and is shredded to the bone, Phil Heath's going to be like, okay, I respect you. Well, one of the most impressive guys I actually ever saw at the gym, Bantamweight, back in the day, man. Yeah. He was like healed. And I was like, I thought he was like 190 pounds. And I'm like, how much do you weigh, man? He was like 136. <laughs> what? What? But like, go, go, you look back at Sean Clarita, man. Like his yeah. first competition, I think he was like, what was he like 125 or something? He was, I, yeah, he wasn't even 130. He was sub. Yeah. But you know, you you go ahead and do this your first time and you realize what you can look like. And I think everybody should do it once, man. Just get yeah. hurt. Because it, it's life changing. It really is. It changes your whole confidence, your whole aspect of life. Like once you see yourself and what you can actually be and you do the hard work to actually get there, yeah. it's a very rewarding experience. So to you 40-year-old guys, the 50-year-old guys, 60-year-old guys who think you're too old to start this, I promise you'll be impressed by what you can actually do if you just if you just put it in your mind and you try it. And it, it might take 12, 16 weeks, 20 weeks to get the fat down to where you realize what you can do, but it's very much worth it in the end. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. Beautiful cap to that one. And, you know, if you – I. It's funny because I feel like our demographic's probably not skewing over 60, but if there are any 60-year-old dudes listening to this, DM us. We'll talk about how to get you in and start pushing the weight. Somebody's dad. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people on their listening, like, their dad might be like, oh, I can't get in shape. No, so your dad can get in shape. If Tyler's dad has abs, your dad can get in shape. Exactly. My dad can do a, a backflip off a monkey bar. My dad has, my dad's always had crazy calves and I'm, I, it pisses me off so bad because my dad is like shit, 58 and his calves are better than mine. And he doesn't go to the gym. He's just all, he played basketball, but he's just got yep, man that's calves. That's what it's from, bro. Like my dad jumped off tanks for 26 years. I guess you get big, big calves when you're jumping off a fucking tank. And then after he did that, he went and became a walking, uh, uh, he worked at the post office and he was a walking mail carrier. Huge calves. Yeah. Yeah, so his calves yeah. are ridiculous. So you would and have to program a calf day, any calves for a mail carrier, I guess, right? Nah. <laughs> no. Like Kyle Flowers is a mail carrier, bro. He doesn't even get cardio because he already does so much at work. It's enough. It's fine. <laughs> Plenty. All right, so we'll go. We're gonna we're gonna go into one more little topic here, um, and this is 
you know, I, I've, I've joked about like, uh, I've been pretty emo, but like, we're going to talk about the difference between discipline and motivation. Um, and kind of, we got into it earlier, this part of the season, this part of the year, it's difficult to really be super motivated every single day. Um, we just set our clocks back last night. It's already dark outside and like, I'm tired. I, you're probably tired. Um, and this, this time is a dangerous time with all the holidays. Um, as this is the time when you have to say like, okay, I want to be a good bodybuilder. I have to be disciplined because I don't know about you, but like, you know, I'm eight months out from a competition. So I don't have that fuel to get me into the gym when I'm not feeling it. And I've had a lot of days these past few weeks where I haven't been feeling it. Um, but, you know, I've never missed a day. I haven't gone off plan. Um, and that's just kind of where discipline takes over and having a regimented lifestyle takes over. So um, this is kind of a – I'm trying to narrow this topic a little bit for us. Um, what do you – if, if I ask you this, define discipline for me. That's it. Just discipline. Discipline would be to me like staying regimented whenever motivation isn't around. I like that. Okay. Now define motivation for me. Motivation is where you find your ability to keep going. Yeah. yeah. And that can be intrinsic or extrinsic. So it could be from like other things or stuff inside of yourself. Okay, you just you did that's great that you said intrins, intrinsic or extrinsic. Discipline is completely in, intrinsic. There's discipline comes from you and you don't need anybody to hype you up to be disciplined. That's on you. Um and that's why having discipline is so important. So, I just let's get into kind of, you know, your discipline with your job, your discipline with your training. I'm disciplined with my training. Um what let's kind of get into some techniques we use to be disciplined. So here, here's, here's my thoughts that there's always a point where motivation is just going to be gone. Yeah. So discipline is key in that point to keep, you know, keep on track with everything. So uh, one of the main things I do to keep my discipline is I have a complete regimented schedule. Like I know what I'm going to do as far as what time I'm going to eat my meals every day. Mm. What time I'm going to train each day, each week. Yep. When I'm going to take my rest days, what I'm training, that days that I am training. And I kind of like, you know, have it in a set schedule and I'll cross it off as I go through it. Yeah. You know, so for example, tomorrow's an off day for me, but I know I got to, I got to train a new guy at 9 a.m. So I got to wake up at seven to do my cardio. I got to eat my first meal at about eight train this guy I got to eat another meal at 1130 like I just know exactly what I'm going to do yeah. you know yeah yeah and I, I'm the same way same same way like when you do something over and over and over again even when you lack the motivation to do it for the 450th time you're still going to do it because you've been doing it over and over again you've got that discipline sewn into you um and I again I, I don't cross things off when I complete them, but I like to kind of do the same things every day at the same time. That helps me as a bodybuilder. Um, if I'm training, it's usually going to be around the same time of the, the day, 24 seven, um, if I can help it, or if it's not like I'm in a new city at a new gym or something. But if you have repetition, 
I think that's key to me. For me, it's key. Repetition is key for discipline. Um, you know, Machiavelli motivation videos are not going to get you up on the days you don't feel like going to the fucking gym. You can try to watch them all you want. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but I, I think having a long-term goal is important. Um, and for me, you know, my long-term goal is to be a pro. Um, so even though I'm eight months out from a show, I know that I have to do the things right now that are going to net me that pro card at some point in the future that I want so badly. Um, and when I feel like, uh, fuck it, I don't want to go to the day. Um, I had a quad day last week and I was like, fuck, like it was a hard, a hard quad day. I had, it was mainly pendulum squats, pendulum squats, narrow hammer strength, uh, leg presses, and just insane drop sets of fucking leg extensions. It was a hard day. And I knew it was going to be a hard day going into it. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. Um, but obviously I got in there. I got my mindset right. I, you know, played my music per usual. And that's where repetition comes in. Like I do the same things every single day. Yep. Preparing for the gym, going to the gym, sitting in my car, drinking my pre-workout. Like you can hardwire that shit into your internal systems to where it's just kind of like it's on autopilot. And yep. It's so much better, obviously, when you're jazzed up to the gym. Like this morning I was in Louisville. So I went to the gym with, you know, the crew from last night. I was fucking jazzed up. I was ready to go. Um, but like the days I'm alone, and it's just a normal day at my normal gyms. You know, I'm not always motivated out of my mind. And I'm guilty of like doing the rhetoric on Instagram and saying, you know, I'm fucking ready every single day to go kill my workout. And that's not true, guys. Like, that's not true with any of us. Um, and I hate the fact that we I'm going to do less of that because I feel like I'm kind of not being myself. Um, so I, I just I guess I'm trying to say it's OK if you guys are like feeling a little low or like not trying to go to the gym some days. It's fine. Like it happens to literally all of us. If that can happen to me, it'll happen to you. I guarantee it. That's the thing, bro. Is like This is what I have to say about this. Like, um, go backtrack a little. Uh. So motivation, first of all, like you have to figure out what motivates you. Like, why are you doing this? So mm -hmm. for example, for, for me, uh, whenever I'm prepping, I'm motivated by my clients and, um, you know, kind of being able to relate to them in different prep scenarios. I'm motivated because like I'm learning new things to apply to clients and I'm motivated because I'm getting leaner and I may win the competition of course yeah. but after a while for everybody motivation kind of leaves you know your motivation for some people with competition is like the way they look right like i'm motivated because i look good today but okay you know every time in a, a prep or even a fat loss phase you're going to reach a point where it's like you don't feel like you look good you kind of look like a cyclist and you you look skinny and you look like you don't work out. So at that point, it's like, where do you have to go? Yeah. And that's where discipline comes in. That's where discipline's at. And you have to build up that discipline over time. And for many, the, the, the easiest things I have to say in my recommendations for getting disciplined is, like we said, same schedule every day. And not a lot of people realize how much that matters. Like what time you go to sleep what time you wake up, what yeah. time you train, 
what how far you eat before you go to bed um when you do your cardio so if you are in the the mindset of like okay well i've got to do my cardio every morning at 6 a.m you're going to keep up with that even when the motivation is gone because you're disciplined you're mm -hmm. already set to do that at 6 a.m but if you're not disciplined and motivation's gone that gives you a lot of reasons to be like well i can just do that later or it doesn't matter if i skip a day yeah yep but you got to think of it like this everybody else that you may be going against on stage isn't skipping that cardio they aren't missing a meal they aren't staying up late like they're going to sleep at a certain time they're making sure that they are prepared for the next day yeah and you have to get to a point where you have a little bit of both but you have to be prepared for that motivation to be gone and surrender to discipline on each occasion yeah especially like you said in off season man like you know when you're not prepping for a competition or you're not losing fat or you're trying to gain muscle this gets really boring well so boring absolutely <laughs> like you know it, you're doing the same thing every day for not a lot of like special outcome like you're not getting leaner you know i don't know about you but i like the way i look when i'm lean but whenever i'm bulking i'm kind of like god damn i'm kind of like fat I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm at that point right now. I'm like, you know, and we're not fat at all. Like we could easily go to any beach and people be like, holy shit, that guy looks great. But you know how it is. Like you're so used to being in such a great shape that you have to figure out like, okay, well, what, what keeps me going? And it's like, oh, well, it's this mindset and this discipline that I have to get this stuff done to be better in eight months. Right, exactly. That's what I... <laughs> I have a visual of how I want to look next summer when I compete. Like, so that's another thing I go to my little, my discipline. Well, like if I want to make that happen, I gotta, I gotta work hard the days I don't feel like working hard. We just all, we have to. Yeah. Um, and you I, know, I, like you were saying, like I, I, I'm guilty. Like I had, you know, we joke about the emo stuff. I had a couple of bad weeks. Um, and there was one week where I didn't do any cardio whatsoever. None. Zero. I did not hit. And I'm only doing three cardios, you know, three days a week in the morning because I'm pretty gifted. You know, I don't need a lot of cardio in the offseason, but I we all need a little bit. Um, yeah. I had a shitty week. I said, fuck it. Like, I didn't want to wake up for my cardio. Mm -mm, wasn't happening. Um, and then, guess what? At the end of that week, I was like, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, like I should have done that cardio. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did my competitors, the guys I'm going to be going against, I bet they didn't fall off this week. So, you know, the more I realize, yeah, the last Monday I got my ass out there. The more people I coach, the more I realize like some people are so regimented year round mm -hmm. that I wouldn't dare to, you know, fall off if I were <laughs> like trying yeah. to. Yeah. You know, it's like, holy shit. Like, I, I've got some clients who are so robotic that it's like year round they don't skip a beat mm -hmm. yep and so they're you, probably they're really great bodybuilders i'm sure exactly and you 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 got to think you're going against somebody like that at any moment yeah you got some people that don't have social media that are in a small town and all they do is lift logs all day like you know and they're they're going to be on stage one day coming up popping up in random place in ohio and nobody's ever heard of them 
and they're going to kick your ass because yeah. they were doing Rocky. They're doing Rocky Four winter montage log rolls and stuff. I was I was telling the story the other day uh, uh, to Laura actually. Shout out Laura. Shout out Laura. We get, we, uh, we have to shout you out. So I remember in 2017, I did this competition uh, at Kentucky Muscle. It was a welterweight, and dude, like you know, how shows are in bodybuilding. Like welterweight class normally doesn't have a lot of people. Like you got to get really lucky. It kind of sucks, you know, because unless you're at national level doing a show, like you're kind of like, okay, am I going to go against myself or one person? Right. But this show I went and did though was Kentucky Muscle 2017, and there was like seven of us, which is like a shit ton of welterweights. But the guy that won our class, I never even heard of. And, but I found him finally on Instagram after I talked to him, the guy was like 36 years old. There's like 30, he was something, he was pretty old in comparison to all of us. And, uh, he never posted on social media, but his, his Instagram name was barbell baggins. Nice. And I was like, Oh fuck, I'm going to get the shit beat out of me by him. Like this guy's really good. <laughs> like, but you know, he never posted about anything. And you could tell he was a hundred percent year round. Like this dude was about it. Yeah. Like this is what I do. Yeah. And I'm gonna go fuck people up. And sure enough, he came in there, and I mean, he stomped everybody. Like, dude, dude looked like he was 200 pounds at 164. Yeah. And you, you got to expect somebody like that is gonna show up at your shows, and that should make you be disciplined, and that should give you motivation. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the extrinsic motivation you might need. Some guy you've never heard of or seen on ig coming and just fucking trashing you on stage no that that's that's the thing man like you never know who's going to show up at these shows anymore and yeah and that's like one the reason why i want to talk about this is because i again i don't want to neither of we aren't perfect like we fuck up with our training we fuck up with our diets like not probably not as much as most people do um but it does happen we're not bulletproof and literally no one is like Chris Bumstead, God love him, beautiful man. Shout out Seabum. I hope you listen to our podcast someday. But like Seabum fucks up. He's got a YouTube series. He fucks up. Like everybody fucks up. But you got to get back on the horse. And the quicker you get back on the horse, the better off you're gonna be. So that's that's the truth, man. Uh, I've had people win overalls and fuck up. Yeah. And. That you know, they, they they're simply like, what can I do better? How can I figure this out to get better and be more disciplined with my diet? Like uh, Devin Fisher won two overalls last year, and I remember he hit me up one night, and it was super late at night, and fortunately I was still awake, and he was like, "Hey, bro, I just ate like a whole box of cocoa pebbles." Um, he was like, "What should I do? I'm about to go do an hour of cardio," and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> So, so, you know, my, my initial response was like, don't do that. Just go to sleep. Right. And I was like, and, you know, work on this and figure out why we're doing this and figure out how we can be better. And, you know, that's what he did. He was like, okay, he didn't punish himself. He was just like, okay, well, why did I do that? Yeah. And then we, we made a plan. He made a plan to kind of get better from do that and become more disciplined and get past that. And you, you've got to realize people, like we were talking about, people fuck up, but it's how you respond to that fuck up. Right. Like, it's real easy to be like, ah, I ate, uh, I ate a, a piece of cake. 
now I should have 10. Yes, the runaway train effect. Yes, and that's, that's a lot of people's mindset is like, well, I fucked up. I should really go ahead and really fuck up. Might as well. Uh, and that's not the case. Like, there, I'll never forget the story of the one girl in prep, and I don't, I won't speak her name, but uh, she would eat Oreos in prep and see how many she could get away with the entire time. Wow. And, you know, she would start off with two Oreos. Uh, she would start off like six Oreos a day, and by the time she got to the last week of prep she was still eating two a day but her coach who i know her coach was had to cut her calories so low like this girl was eating like 800 calories a day but that wasn't accounting for the oreos that she was eating every day right she won overalls doing that but i was like holy shit like yeah imagine if she would have you know not done that exactly (laughs) And that is, I guess we haven't touched upon this and we, we probably should, even when it comes to like that, your age in bodybuilding and like coming back from fuck ups, like genetics matter big time. Like there, and it sucks. Like we're not all in the same playing field genetically. So somebody with superior genetics can fuck up and they can compose themselves and, and regroup and probably beat a lot of guys and girls who have normal genetics who fuck up. And that's just part of it. But you got to think if I am, you know, not superior genetically, um, I, I should fuck up less. I have to fuck up less <laughs> because no, dude, I'm like, me and prep, like I've got to be a hundred percent like in prep. I'm always a hundred percent. Yeah. And even then I'll get beat by somebody that's genetically better than me. And it, you, they may have fucked up and that's just yeah. part of the game. Yeah. And that's how it is. And you just got to like that. Like we're saying though, man, you gotta you gotta find a reason to still be a hundred to surpass them eventually. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, if if you have superior top, I I'm gonna sh- I'll give a shout out to Ben Quill. Ben Quill okay. is um, his that dude has amazing genetics. I yeah. mean, for me in person, some of the best genetics I've seen. Um, and he's he's always nailed his diet and everything, but like. He could he could get away with stuff that I couldn't get away with, and I have good genetics, but I don't have ninety nine point nine percentile genetics. Well, that's like a. I remember Ben Quill the first time I I saw him, or even heard about him, as I was coaching Trevor Patton for uh, Ben Quill's first show at Kentucky Open. Yeah, open the one in Owensboro. Yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, but uh, I remember. Trevor's like this random kid came up to me at a at Meyer Walmart and uh, he was asking about what rice cakes to buy because he told heard from a YouTube video that he should eat rice cakes and he was like the guy says he's doing the show I don't know if he knew what he was doing or not well it turns out that was Ben Quill <laughs> right you know and Ben Quill was like watching you know videos or just asking random people like hey what should I be eating this time around but. He works hard as hell too. That's the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But you got to think like that. There's genetic freaks like that who can get by with cheating, but you know you get one that works hard as hell on top of following their diet, and it's like, oh shit. Oh, it's Andre Ferguson. Like he'll be like, I think he even posted he'll be like eating, you know, three or four cheeseburgers and ice cream cones at like a day out from show, and he'll still win. And still win. That is like, yeah. And I mean, that's just. Top tier you know, round muscles. It's just top tier genetics. Um, I'm trying to think. Like since we're doing men's physique guys now, like 
I'm trying to think of a – like let's take Ryan Hinton, for example. You know Ryan Hinton. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the genetics that a guy like Andre Ferguson has. He still looks good, but I don't feel like he could get away with eating three or four cheeseburgers before show day. You know, <laughs> uh, Ryan Hinton, he's a great coach, too. That's the thing. I think he's just kind of – he's one of those guys who can make it to Olympia. Yeah. But he, he's realistic, and he knows, yeah. like, I'm not going to beat – these you know, genetic Brandon freaks, Brandon or uh, Andre. No, and he's cool with it though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, See, that, we, that, we, that, we that, did that, men's physique today. That's that's that's. I love. I like men's physique. I love it. I'm just gonna say that right. I now. think it's incredibly competitive, dude. Yeah. I, I just feel like it's easy to get lost in that class, and even as a coach, it's frustrating to coach that. Yeah. Because you never know what the hell they want. Man, like it's so hard to coach for that because you could bring in somebody hard as nails and they'll be like, Oh, you're too hard. Yeah. You the, you could have somebody that's big as shit and then be like, Oh, they're too big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just like you have to have like an ultimate look and it has to be exactly what they want that year and at that time. Yeah. And it, it's really hard. Like, you know, for example, we, we keep, keep speaking about Ben Quill, but you know, he did like five or six shows this year and i think his top placing at one of those shows was third mm. so he'd get third at one show and then they give him 14th at another crazy yeah and it's like you know where did he get lost in the middle of that and you know i thought he looked better at some of the shows and they play some worse yeah so that's going to be super frustrating as like a competitor to be like i came in in my best look but they didn't like the color of my shorts today you know it's like, yeah that's the only and I tell people all the time, I cannot judge. I'm pretty good when I'm watching a bodybuilding show. I can judge kind of who's gonna do well. I can't do it in men's physique. I cannot judge who's gonna do well unless obviously there are big name competitors there. Um, I can't I can't do it. Well that that's bikini too, man. Men's physique yeah. is incredibly hard. Like I'll be at a bikini sh- I'll be watching a bikini show and I'll be like that girl's first, that girl's second, girl's third, that girl's fourth, that girl's fifth. And then all of a sudden, it's like the complete opposite. Wrong. That Indiana show you did, I mean, they were going like, there would be a girl up on stage with like perfect amount of muscle that I thought was like great for a national level. And they would give it to like the skinniest girl there. And I was like, what? All right. Well, that's what they want here, you know. But then like, uh, I think Cash, Neil Cash coached a yeah. girl. There, and she got like fourth place. Oh, yeah. And she went and did another show with like the exact same look two day two weeks later and got overall. Right. It's such a crap. <laughs> yeah. What? So it's like that's gotta be super frustrating as a coach, a competitor, all around. It, it's just hard to know what they're looking for. Yeah, they they just there's no sta- to me, I feel like there's not really a standardized set of criteria that they're looking for, like open bodybuilding or even classic physique. Like I can usually judge those in any show I've done. Like I'm like, yeah, these placings make sense for classic physique. And even with, you know, I feel like with women like figure, I can usually judge those pretty well because there's a set criteria, but you know, I'm like you, I I'm watching men's physique guys. I'm like, he looks really good this week. Nope. And I just don't get it. Does anybody, yeah. get it? do we have anybody who gets this? No, I don't think even some of the competitors get it, man. Like, we could probably bring Ben Quill on here and he could talk about it forever. Cause like I've talked to him about some of his placings and he's just like, I don't know what the fuck to think. And I'm right. like, 
I mean, I'll look at the I'll look at the competitor lineup, and I'm like, well, I don't really know what the hell they're looking for either. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you look the best I've ever seen you. I don't know why they placed you, why they did, but keep keep it up. Well, I don't really know. Uh, like, uh, they have the the new wellness division, and uh, I don't know if you watch too much of that. But I've uh, a few shows with with wellness. Okay, yeah. so regionally in the U.S., bro, like I don't know if like girls are just afraid to do it or what, but a lot of them just look, they just don't fit. Yeah. Like it's like kind of girls that are like, uh, they, they under dieted for bikini. You're right. Like they didn't, they didn't diet down far enough for bikinis. So they're just like, let me just hop into the well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what some people think it is for some reason, but I don't know if you've seen like some of the girls that are doing universe. Yeah. Like remember we talked about your Rishna. Yes. Wow. Okay. So Yurishna is, she was IFBB bikini pro years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't winning because clearly her legs and glutes are just ridiculous. So she went to the WBFF. Right. So she was doing very well. But now that they have wellness, she has to come back and win her pro card again. That's so crazy. So she's literally doing like a regional show next week. Could you imagine seeing her? You're a wellness girl, and you see her in your regional show. I would be depressed as well. I would cry. I would. I would cry. Like think that you're gonna come win, and you're like, you go up there. Like she's doing universe. Yeah, that's gonna be a huge wake up call to a lot of people. Like, because that that's who a lot of like. I follow a lot of the international coaches that coach wellness because they've been around forever coaching wellness. Yeah. And the look that they're looking for with that is like so genetically specific. Yeah. That it's like you can't do that class unless you fit the criteria completely just how you are as a person. Right. Yeah. Structurally. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting for years to come because there's like seven girls I can think of that fit the the structure perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all spot on. Right. That's yeah. I'm like you. That's not going to be something that you say. I think I want to work towards being a wellness competitor like you are or you aren't with your structure yeah. 100%, but man. with that being said i think it's going to be easier to judge than bikini it will be and bikini is the thing is like uh i think bikini will allow bikini to get smaller mm-hmm. which will be a great thing yeah because i think a lot of the bikini girls were kind of getting too shredded yeah uh, that was my opinion on it like it was getting to the point where the girls were like having striations in the quads and they were just like peeled to the bone and too dry Right now, I think that allows there to be like a little bit of a separation between that and figure, right? As well, so I think it'll be overall good. I mean, I, I I like it. I think it'll be interesting next year, especially when we get more. If if shows are halfway normal, we get more turnout. Yeah, like I, I had Becky Wang competing in the beginning of the year for wellness, and I thought she Becky. Was I look, I I love Becky. Becky would have been a ringer in wellness. Shout out to you, Becky. Yeah. What's up? She that, that girl's physique for wellness is phenomenal, spot on. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I think she would have really got some recognition there. But I mean, like, you know, now she's off season, and I don't think people understand like how hard it is to grow for that class. Yeah. Doing deadlifts 225 sets of eight to ten and squats with like 245 sets eight to ten. Like she's pushing some weight. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to push some heavy weight, you should probably just not do that class. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and there a lot of guys out there who are listening. Yeah, there are what you think are small wellness girls. They are pushing heavier weight than you are. So get yeah. get on your game, bros. Yeah, get on it. All right. Well, you got anything else? Are we good? We're back, guys. Uh, we yeah. we said we would come back. This is the comeback episode. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably do a questionnaire, see what anybody wants to hear about. But we got a lot of other good topics we're going to talk about coming up. So yeah, stay. Stay tuned. Tell your friends. Like, we have to say this. I've never said this, but this is what you have to say on your podcast. You have to say, like and subscribe on Apple Music and Spotify. Yeah, like and subscribe, and then leave us a review telling us how gorgeous we are. Because we're five-star men, clearly. Yeah. Five-star men. Yeah, and, you know, if you guys, if you ever want to talk to I think it's so cool when you guys repost us and, like, DM me like, hey, the, the podcast was fucking sweet. You were awesome, Kyle. So was Tyler. You guys are pretty people. No, we appreciate that because like I've had a lot of people reach out and like uh, they didn't know who you were previously. Yeah, and now they're like, man, I really like him. Like your guys' conversation flows very well, which is yeah. super cool to hear because that's that's kind of what we we're going for. We wanted to just have like a natural conversation, and you know, about random shit that is relevant to uh, the bodybuilding industry. The body. So, yeah, we, we like that. And, and yeah, and again, even if we don't do a questionnaire, if you guys have, guys have like questions that you want us to talk about, DM us at any point in time. Because I, yeah. the more material we have, the better. So, yeah. Yeah, now you guys can listen to us while you're doing your cardio or, you know, sitting on the toilet or whatever you guys like to do. If you guys sit on the toilet and listen to this, I want you to snap a shot of your face and I want you to hashtag it. Um, Brainiac Bodybuilding Poo, okay? Yes. Maybe do a giveaway. Okay. Okay. Well, that's it. That's it. We'll be back next week again, guys. No more emo face for me. I'm going to listen to cool music. Yeah. If he does it again, they're going to have to send him off to rehab or something. So, uh, emo uh, rehab. Later. All right. See you guys. See you, bro. Peace.